book of 2 Kings, chapter 5. You should read the whole chapter because it's beautiful, but time won't let me do it all. Verse 10. Let's read together. And Elisha sent a messenger on him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come to me and stand and call him his Lord and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Parfor River of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May not wash to them and be cleansed? So he turned away and went in a rage. Now you asked me to use a fan, I don't need it. Thank you. Let's pray one more time. Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Lord, we're glad for the healings in our church. When we're sick, we can call upon your name. We can expect speedy recovery. You're not a physician, you're a creator. You're the master of the body. We're thankful for your healing virtue and your power. Thank you for the recipe of hope and life that you give us. Thank you for our children and the memory verses in their hearts. Thank you for mom and dads. Thank you for our city. And now, Lord, we're thanking you for the word just read in Jesus' name. Amen. And my title is Dip and Be Clean. Amen. Amen. Let me see Dip, another dip, another dip of the Lord, and be clean. Here's a great, mighty man full of conquest, power, but there's a problem with him. He is a leper. He is a leper. And little girl testified to him. Never underestimate the power of the person who shows love and concern for your soul and decide to share with you what they know and hold to be true. They're not pushing their religion on you. They're not pushing their faith on you. They're just concerned about your situation. And they're trying to help you. Well, Naaman heard a little girl said he could be made whole. His wife told him what the girl said. He took up the offer, went down to a place to get healed in Samaria. Well, he came with the whole ulterior motive that should be. And was the first mistake you make when you come to God, try and tell him how things should be. The way may seem right to you, but that's not the way God wants to do it. And God gave him the recipe. First, he went to the wrong place. That's not what he was told. Go see the prophet. He will see the king. 
because he thought a prophet was nobody, right? So he went to see the king, who he thought was somebody. The king said, you're looking for a fight. <laughs> you're talking to the wrong person. I can't help you. Go see the man of God. He has a message for your cleansing. That man that you don't want to see, that man that you want nothing to do with, he can really change your status. Put aside your prejudices and your way of thinking. He's got something that will make you clean. Go and see him. And whatever he tells you, do it. Don't tell you what you thought. Just do what says God says. Do this. Do it. And you're going to be okay. He said, well, <laughs> dip seven times. He said, well, what? Seven times? That's silly. Well, that's how God operates, sort of things. Seven times. You know, the gospel seems foolish, but it's not foolish. It's rich and powerful. And so... To make it worse, go dip in Jordan. <laughs> now, we've been to Jordan, haven't we, folks? We saw and been there, Jordan, the picture on the wall, so we've been there. And it, it says muddy and messy. It wasn't that, like, you know, Niagara Falls. It's messy. He got so mad and said, I'm going home. I ain't going back. This is crazy. But a wise servant, thank God for witnessing power. And so, sir, if you were asked to do something outlandish, you'd have done it. And all God is asking you, do something that will make you clean and be saved. Why don't you just do it? Well, he decided to obey, and when he decided to obey, things began to happen. Well, I want to talk to you this morning from the Word of God about water baptism. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a, an artist, even though I went to art, art school, but not. I can paint, I can do all those things. I'm not sure what I'm good at, maybe nothing. I'm good at eating, for sure. That's my major profession. I can eat well. It shows. Doesn't it? The scale proves it. And my button shows it. But I have some other values in my heart. I want to share it with you. And... I'm going to show some pictures here, and I can't give it to you all. I wish you could receive it privately, and I could talk to you privately from my notes and show what I have. I'd love to share with you if I could. But time won't let me do it because, you know, I'm stuck between you and your lunch. But here we have here chapter 4 of the book of Revelation. Go there. And verse 1. A door was open in heaven. Every door that I know of has a key or keys. This was the door that Jesus had in mind when he spoke to Peter and said, Unto thee, you got some keys in your pocket? Got some keys? You don't got a car yet. Your dad don't trust you, I guess. <laughs> okay. Buy your mom's key then. <laughs> Oh, these keys. Wow. Which is right. So many keys. But here's some keys right here. Keys, they give you access to a door. 
and there's one door in heaven. If you and I ever make it to heaven, we're coming through that door. If you come any other way, you're a thief and a robber. And I don't know how a thief and a robber get up there. But he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. Now, I don't know about you. He had 12 apostles. I don't care about the other 11. I want to find Peter. I want to find Peter. He has the key. I'm not interested in the others because they don't have the keys. Peter has the keys. Matthew does not have the keys. Mark doesn't have it. Now John, he gave it to Peter. So if you want to go to heaven, find out what keys Peter has and make sure he uses it on you. <laughs> the rest don't matter to me right now because he's got the keys. Now look at this picture I'm drawing here. I want to follow it if you can. The kingdom of God is in heaven. King of heaven. There's a key to that door. Now, look at this. We were born of the flesh once. All of us. And we cannot enter the kingdom of God with flesh and blood. You cannot do it. Not me or anybody. You can't enter the kingdom of God with flesh and blood. People will try, but they will not get through that door. Jesus told a man called Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a teacher of the Jews, which is called Professor today, and the Lord taught him that except he be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, I said a baby here. Sister Jenna, just came. Bring the baby with you. Unless she's heavy, but bring her with you. Amen. God gave him special muscles to carry these babies. Nicodemus is asking, must she go back in her mother's womb to get to heaven? Must he do that? Or must she do that? You see the natural fool's thinking of humanity? And he says, no. I'm not talking about that. But that's my object lesson. Thank you, sister. What he's saying here, except a man be born is water, water, and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. I want you to picture this way, except you leap from this cradle, come through some water, come through the cloud, on your way to God, you're not going to enter in. Two things are going to be important in your trip and journey. Spirit and water. He said you cannot. Now, we're going to come back to this in a minute here. I'm going to take you back here in my chart and show you some things that Jesus taught us. Now, I'm jumping the gun so I'll keep you here till evening. But I put it here in the board. It's time 
to be rebaptized as John disciples or we cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. To me, that is very important. Why would anybody argue at this for the same reason Naaman argued with the prophet? He's not smart. Why does it matter? Do what he says and be clean. Do what he says and get in. Except you do what this is now. If I read this chapter, and the Bible does not have Acts 2.38 per se, it's always in writing, the chapter and verses were added to his memory. Peter says, repent, you got the keys now, repent and be baptized every one of you who plan to go through that door into heaven. Every one of you, you must repent. But if you don't believe, you won't repent. You have to first believe and then repent. And, don't stop there, be baptized. How? Into the name of Jesus. Because that name will open the door. Right? Why, Peter? For the remission of my sins. Like leprosy. And he shall, it's a promise, future, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And to as many as are far off, as many as the Lord God shall call. This is the guy with the keys talking to me. Now, I can argue like Naaman and go on a leper or submit to the fact and get cleansed. Look at this. Not one example in, of a use of Matthew 28, 19. I'm not going to waste time talking to Matthew. He hasn't got the keys. I don't think you've heard me. I'm not going to waste time talking to Matthew. He has not got the keys. You say it doesn't matter. Just a minute now. The Mount Transfiguration. Jesus left nine guys below at the bottom and took three guys to the top. Peter, James, and John. Don't tell me it doesn't matter. Peter, James, and John saw and heard things the rest never heard. It does matter. So if you want to discuss the transfiguration, don't talk to Matthew. He wasn't there. Talk to Peter, James, and John. And if you want to know how Jesus planned to build his church, I will build my church, Peter. When I built, I put a door on it, and you got the keys. What is the keys? Not one example in my Bible if anybody ever tried to make a key out of Matthew 20 and 20. Nobody ever tried to make keys out of it. But we find an example of keys being used in Acts chapter 2, 38, the first time Peter used the key and opened the door. And then a guy called Philip followed him in Samaria in Acts 8.16 
Then the sea, Peter came back again on the scene because God said to Cornelius, go get Peter. He has the key. He'll tell you how to be saved. And so we call for Peter again. And in Acts 10, 44 through to 48, Peter did it again in Caesarea. Using the keys. Again, Paul came on the scene, a late starter. Peter gave him the right hand of fellowship and said he's okay. And Paul also used that key. Acts 19, 1 to 8. God never gave the key to Paul. He gave it to Peter. So Peter and Paul met in Galatians. In fact, Lamont, come here, please. I am Paul. You have the keys. And I'm claiming that I met Jesus without your help. Hold this. I'm claiming I met Jesus without your help. And without any of you boys' help. You had no input in my salvation. Now I'm preaching Christ like you, like you are. But I'm concerned if I'm preaching something different. So I visit who? Peter. Did he visit Matthew? He visit because he has the Now there's some keys to my house that just don't work. And my keys to your car just won't work. You're going nowhere. But if you give me a copy of your key that's identical, I would get in your car and move it. Amen, that's right. So Peter and <laughs> Paul met, and when Peter listened to what he's saying, what he was doing, he gave him the right hand of fellowship. Fellowship is not based on ethnocentricity or culture or tradition. It's based on accuracy of the key. You can't come through those doors except you've got a key or break the window or some other way. We were the key that's opened the door with the key. Well, you don't have the key, you can't get in. The alarm will go off. So the alarm will go off. And if you try to get into heaven without a key, the alarm will go off. You just won't get in. Thank you, sir. So I've got my sister's key in my hand. I can drive off of their car. Because their car will recognize it. And when the time comes to go to heaven, a door is open to whom? To the people with the keys. Can I prove it to you? The 26th chapter, put it on the board. 26th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Open the lasting gate that the righteous people who keep the truth may enter in. My point to you is this. I've got overwhelming evidence in Acts 2.38 is the keys, and I see it being used over and over in Acts 8.16, Acts 10.44 to 48, Acts 91.8. Not one time anybody ever went to Matthew and said, Matthew, let me borrow your keys. Matthew is not even mentioned in the book of Acts. Matthew is not even mentioned in any of the epistles of Paul. Matthew is not even mentioned in James' writing. Only three guys write, Peter, James, and John, and Paul. Amen. And you, you're going you, to ignore those four guys with the keys and jump to Matthew and say, Matthew is more correct than wrong. 
I think you got the syndrome of women. Now, I'm working backwards on my chart. I'm going backwards on my chart because time. Pastor Neil, I think you went to school and they taught you research, how to research. The qualifying models for water baptism, I can't make it up. You can't make it. You shouldn't. You're lying to yourself if you do. No modern scholar can make it up. We must go back to the source, which is John the Baptist, amen, came and gave us knowledge of salvation to come. And John said, I baptize you with water, but Jesus coming to baptize you with the Spirit. See it too? Water and Spirit baptism. You must be born again of the water and the Spirit. John said, I'll provide the water and you provide the Spirit. Otherwise, you came in the kingdom of God. Look at this here now. Philip and Peter use the keys. I find Peter used the keys in Acts 2.38. He's the first guy to use it. Then Philip followed him, Acts 8.16. Peter again in Acts 10.44-48. And then Ananias baptized Paul in Acts 9.1-5. Using the same key. Paul, converting now, is using the keys that they used on him in Acts 19.1-8. And Philip used it on an Ethiopian eunuch. You are compassed with cloud witnesses of the keys in operation. Now, the most deadly thing you could do in the, in the desert is to know where the water is and not tell it. And I'd be a terrible person if I know that you could have the keys and not tell you about the keys. Or give you counterfeit keys. Let's go backward on my chart here. We see five models to follow of the key being operated. Right? Now, what we find wrong with baptism today, this is, this is truth, check me out. I have no axe to grind. I have no political persuasion or, or any uh, religious you know, endowment here to, to, to profess. I'm just telling you the facts as they are. Because church, two things are going to open up to us. The ground to receive your carcass and the heaven to receive your spirit. And we want a good fight on home. Wrong baptisms, what are they? Sprinkling. Not in the Bible. Can't find it anywhere. If you can, I get hundred dollars. In New Testament, it's not there. Yeah, I got a dollar. I can find it and give it to you. I'll sell my shoes if I have to. Or she honesty and borrow some money from her. <laughs> she lent it, it to me. No one about it. Anybody got poured. It's not apostolic. It's not John's method. It's not Jesus' practice. It's just not there. Nowhere in the Bible, Jen, come here again. Jen, come bring your baby. Let me baptize that for you. If I were you, I'd leave my baby up here to be baptized because that's a false doctrine. Nowhere in the Bible, anybody got some water to come on and baptize your baby. 
No, baptism is a believer's baptism. She has no way of believing. He that believeth and is baptized. The way to handle this baby is to bless this baby in the name of God. But I cannot baptize this baby. It would be worthless. And when she grows up, she's going to do it right. And Lord, allow her to grow up. Right, baby? <laughs> Thank you, sister. All right. Don't go too far and walk on your hand. <laughs> All right, look at this, folks. See what I'm talking about? All right. Nowhere any of these ever will practice. Yet we know people in our city are doing this, even now as I speak. People also do this. I was in Africa and they said to me, I said to them, do you believe Jesus or the apostles? They said, Jesus, not the apostles. I said, what book did Jesus write? They couldn't tell me. I said, everything written about Jesus is what they wrote about Jesus. If they wrote about him on one page, I can't trust the other pages. When we were done, for the year, at least 1,000 pastors rebaptized. And at least 100 or so rebaptized their congregation. I'm not talking about five persons. I mean, hundreds of people. We didn't baptize the people, they let them do it. If they really believe it, they must baptize those people all over again. It's not good for us to do it because we don't live there. They got to tell why they do it. The word of God. Now, so nowhere anybody has said, I now baptize you in the name of the Trinity. Yet people do that. Why do they do that? You ask them why. Well, it's tradition, it's orthodox, but is it scripture? Is that what God told Peter? No. It's not even in the Bible. So why do you do it? It's the Nehemiah syndrome. I got a better idea. It's not going to work. You will not get through that door. I, the pastor, want you to get in. <laughs> I want you to get to heaven. I want you to receive the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. And so, we see none of these above here are apostolic methods. It's important you let your child know that. They're growing up. You're going to live forever. And your child got to deal with political persuasions and religions. Now, in our Bible, we know this for a fact that when Egypt was the burial ground for Israel, God sent Moses to get them out. Now, I need a reader here. Usher, you want to read again? Don't get too far from your son. Come up here, please. Let me read. Grab, grab your Bible. You got to run, though, Fred, because we're in a hurry. Now, don't do that Ben Johnson, please. No steroids involved. Get, get a microphone. In Egypt, they were. I want to read from the 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians, verse 1 to 3. They were in Egypt. They were in bondage. They wanted to go to a promised land. And I'm going to tell you, if they didn't follow this formula, they would never get to the promised land. Is that true or not? Amen. God gave Moses the idea. No. Now, Korah thought better than Moses. 
and Miriam and all those guys, but they all died trying to resist Moses. God chose Moses to bring them out and to bring them in. And so it wasn't the people's choice, it was God's choice. Chapter 10 and verse 1 to 3. Listen very carefully. Moreover, brethren. Brother, they're going to push that mean out. Yes, so. Moreover. Hallelujah. Come on, try that. I'll try. <laughs> I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat. Every one of you. Now, I don't want to go to the Red Sea. I don't want to go to the cloud. Then you won't go to the promised land. To leave Egypt, you're coming through water and coming through the cloud and going to end up on the other side of life. That's what baptism is. Exactly. I could elaborate, but I won't. Because I know you're very smart. You're getting the message, what I'm trying to give you. Now, when God take Moses to the Mount Sinai, God gave Moses this plot of plan here. Amen. Are you with me? And I uh, said, so now, I want you to follow this plot of plan. Can you see that? I mean, you can't see, but it's okay. Uh, I trust your wife will tell you what you, she saw. Amen. All right? <laughs> what you see is a cross. Folks, look at this, folks. Look at this picture here. When you come to God, there's only one way to God. Not two ways. One way. When you come through the gate, the first thing you see is an altar. And then labor of water. Right? If you don't pass these two, you can't go through the door. You just can't go through the door. Once you're in the door, you're in the church. Right. Once you're in the church, you're exposed to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Can you see that? Let me show you back here in the better picture here. Now, I'm going through all the extreme because I love your soul. Amen. I don't want your faith stand in the wisdom of men. I want you to pick up your Bible and say, i got a Bible-believing experience. What I believe can be found in the Scripture. I did not make it up. Now, God taught Israel this. You see this separation right here? This wall, it's so high, you can't look over it. You can't get over it, they'll stone you to death. You must come through the gate. Enter the straight gate. And you come through the gate, first you see the altar right here. See it? That's repentance. But here's the secret. That altar is so high, and the layer of water is so low, if you don't go upon the altar, you will not see the layer of water. Right. And an unrepentant person will not see the need for baptism. Right. Until you get on that altar, you will not see the water down there. Right. What's called the water of separation. And they cannot go to that door without going through these two acts first. Once I believe on Jesus and I repented of my sins 
They get baptized in Jesus' name. I have access into the door. Hello? Now, uh, John 3, verse 3 to 5, please. Now, I know you know what it said, but let me just tell it to you one more time. In this church, everybody on these pews, it's my job to make sure you make it in. I have no other purpose in this church except to make sure you make it in. Amen. Now, you parents, you know it's your job to make sure your kids get an education. Right. The best there is. That's right. And you just don't send your kid to any school without checking it out. Right. And making sure they will survive the social order. Amen. And they'll be prepared to meet society's demand. Church is no different. John chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. I mean, truly, truly, I'm telling you. Except a man be born again. Except you be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. That scared the devil out of me. Amen. This is Jesus talking. Right. Except I be born again. Right. I, Trevor Neal, cannot see heaven. That's right. May I enter into heaven. Right. You know why? Because he is the door. Right. To the sheepfold. Read on, please. Nicodemus saith unto him, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Silly thinking. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Twice you repeat now, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now hold right now. Hold right now. Look at Cornelius. Come here, Zachary. Come here. Cornelius had not a clue what Nicodemus asked and what Jesus said. Peter came to preach to him in Acts 10. While Peter's talking to him, the Holy Ghost came upon him. Amen. He starts speaking in tongues. Peter got shocked looking at him, and all the Jews looking at him. When it was all over, Peter says, I dare you to forbid being water baptized. Uh-huh. You just got what we had in Acts 2 and 4. Amen. And you must experience Acts 2.38. Now it is Acts 2.38. Now you must be. And he, com he commanded him right. to be baptized. Yes. Not begged him. Not give an option. He commanded him. Yeah. What, what, what is he doing right there? He's telling him how to be saved. Right. He's guaranteeing him into the kingdom of God. Right. He could say, well, you got the Holy Ghost. You don't need baptism. You're saved. He didn't say that. He said, you must. He command. A command is not an option. Now, your kids are not dumb. Your kids know if you mean what you say. Or you're just talking. Right. Hello, they're stupid. They figured it was a long time ago. Now, so Cornelius is experiencing what Nicodemus is asking about. And he got 
baptized in water. Who was the key? Peter. Thank you, sir. Are we go. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Stop right there. In other words, only obedience to Acts chapter 2 in your Bible and verse 38 will guarantee you into heaven. Right. Yes. Yes. Amen. I don't know if any other way. I don't know any other way. I'm not going to do like Neiman. I said, I got a better plan. <laughs> I got a better water, a better stream. Go ahead and have it, but you're still a leper when you're done. <laughs> the keys are identified in Acts 2.38. If anybody knows any other key, please bring it and show me. I'm desperately wanting to see it and use it, because believe you me, I want to go to heaven. Uh -huh. Never mind me preaching and me talking about salvation. I want to be saved. Amen. I don't want to spend eternity in hell. I don't want to miss the mark. I want to make it in. Please tell me how to get the keys. And I'm going to use it. I need it. I want it. I want it now. But Paul says in St. Corinthians 2.12, a door was open to him, to the Gentiles. Now, I can't read all my scriptures because it take forever to do this. But Jesus said in Luke 24, 44 to 48, please read that, please, and that repentance, you know what repentance means? Mom, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry, Dad, I did that. Forgive me. And forgiveness will be given. But forgiveness don't clean the act up. <laughs> forgiveness don't restore things. Huh? The Lord does want to forgive us. He want to blot out. And the way he blot things out is to wash it away. And water got to be involved in the washing away. The water and the blood agree to do the same thing. Right? Listen to this as he reads. And he said unto them, He said to them, These are the words which I spake unto you. These are the words which I speak unto you. While I was yet with you. Turn them up, please. Turn them up. That all things must be fulfilled. Yes. Which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he s and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should. And that repentance and remission of sins—that's what Peter said. Yes. Go ahead. Should be preached in His name. Well, should be preached. Hello. Hello, Mike? Hello? Yes, you now. Should be preached in his name. Change the microphone, please. All right. Should be preached in his name. Beginning at Jerusalem. Where? Jerusalem. Moscow. Jerusalem. Jamaica. Jerusalem. Lord 
Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Did you hear that, folks? Amen. You heard that? Yes. That's where Acts 2.38 started. Amen. Amen. Don't you tell me the apostles missed what Jesus said. That's right. They said to me, well, I'd rather be Jesus than the apostles. Just a minute. You can't separate those two. Right. Because you're going to believe on Jesus based on their words. Because you and I were not there. They are eyewitnesses of what Jesus said. Now, all right? What do you say? I know I'm with you always. Why would he be with a bankrupt bunch of disciples? I don't know what they're doing. Why is he with them if they're wrong? Right. If he's with them, he's sure not against them. Right. If God is confirming their word, it must be okay. Right. Let me tell you guys. God is not interested in this building. That's right. Or else money this church has. He's concerned about the quality of life we live. And one by one, we're going to leave Mother Earth. Thank God it's pretty true somewhere. I want to get through that door. I want his keys. I want to write keys. Mr. Kim, I I go down through the car in a few minutes. (laughs) All right? Now, folks, look at my picture here. Look at Pastor Neil's picture. Okay, one more look at it again. Here's a summary. There's a key. There has to be a door. I told you where the door is. First in John 10, he said, I am the door. Right. And Revelation said, I saw the door open. Right. And a bunch of Christians up there with crowns on their head. How did they got there? They're all Jesus named churches. Right. You know I know that? All the seven churches. I can find them in the book of Acts and the epistles. Right. And those apostles did not start apostate churches. Right. Ephesus, starting Acts 19. I'll prove it to you. Go there, please. Acts 19. While the seven church, while the seven candlestick, Acts 19, where they got started. And who started? The Apostle Paul, who claims the wise master builder, who laid a foundation. You can't lay another foundation. All right, read, please. Verse 1. Verse 1, please. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. These are Grecian Jews, yeah. And finding certain disciples. I've been to Ephesus, by the way. We have been there. Are we going? He said unto them. He said to them. Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believe? Everybody in this church better have the baptism of the Holy Ghost evidenced by the scripture. Otherwise, you are none of his. That's right. You're sitting up to be lost. If you have not the spirit of Jesus Christ, you do not belong to him. Don't take that lightness, beloved. You are alive and well and power to sit in choice. You are power of attorney. Make your calling and election sure. Especially now the Antichrist is alive in Europe and Asia ready to do his dirty work. You've got to get ready for the coming of the Lord. Now read on, please. 
And they said unto him, and said to him, We have not so much as heard. We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Now that's why the Lord has not come yet. That's right. There are people in the city who don't know the truth. That's right. Amen. It's not his will they perish. Amen. But if they want the truth, they better go where it is. Amen. Or stay where they are. Right. Go on, please. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? Now, if you have the Holy Ghost, Paul's not dumb. He's being diplomatic here. He knows they don't have it. Right. But rather than just jumping at them, he questioned them and their integrity. To see if they're honest enough to admit, you don't talk in tongues. Right. And you have not believed like you should believe. Yes, you're a good person, but you just don't have it. He knew that, but he want them to think. Come back exactly. Now, why is God doing this to Adam and Eve? Adam, why are you hiding? Come on, does God not know? Why is he asking that question? He wants him to acknowledge it and tell the truth. Yes. Right? Did you eat? What did you eat? You know he ate it. <laughs> right. Huh? Amen. I want to ask you, have you been baptized right? I know you're not baptized right. I know you're not the right way. I know you're in need of help. But I want you to think about it. I want you to see the importance of it. Hello? And God wants Adam to see that. Well, he admit he blamed his wife. He said, the woman you gave me, she gave it to me. That's what I asked you. I said, did you eat? I didn't ask who gave it to you. I said, did you eat? Right. He answered the wrong question. Right. Shifting the blame somewhere else. Is that right? He was playing diplomat on God. I said, well, I'll do all three of you. Thank you, sir. Read on, please. And they said, unto John's baptism. Unto John's baptism. Now, here's my scripture for rebaptism. Now, you were baptized in the false and the Holy Ghost because that's all you knew. That's all you heard. That's all you hear. Uh-huh. But now that the light has come. Right. Now that revelation has come to you. Yes. The truth of God's word is made known to you. What are you supposed to do? Here's what they did. Truth. Listen to what they did. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Of repentance. Saying unto the people. Saying to the people. That they should believe on him which should come after him. Yes. Which is on Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. When they heard this. When they heard this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. No way should they baptized false on the Holy Ghost. Mm-mm. I know what the problem of that scripture. Translator's error. <laughs> Greek translation mistake. Yes, sir. That's what some folks will tell you. No, church, don't look at me like that. I didn't kill anybody. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Living truth. Yeah. Honest hearted people recognize the truth. That's right. You shall know the truth and it shall set you free from the wrath of revelation. Vials and trumpets. And seals. When they heard this, what did they do? And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, 
The Holy Ghost came on them. The Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake with tongues. And prophesied. And prophesied. That's exactly what happened in Acts chapter 2. Now, do me a favor. The last few verses of Acts chapter 18. Let me show you what Apollos did. Apollos was mighty in the scripture. Knows a lot of scripture. could quote them. But he was not saved. Cornelius fasted and prayed always. But he's not saved. Right. You know why? He hasn't got the keys. Read, please. Acts 18, last three few verses. Uh, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But before that, what happened? Who, who, who took a hold of them? Aquila and Priscilla? Can you see that? Verse 23. And after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over all the no, country. No, let me see it. You got, take it back there again. 16. Okay, now you go from master theology now. Come on, boy. <laughs> Get it right. All right. Acts chapter 18. Just the, the master degree also. <laughs> okay. Verse what? We're going to go there for you. Acts chapter 18. And we're going to see in verse 24. And a certain Jew named, read that please. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria. Yes. An eloquent man. A what? An eloquent man. That don't mean you can preach. That's right. You can be eloquent with scripture and still not saying. Right. Read on. And mighty in the scripture. Mighty in the scripture. Cannot save. That's right. Read on. Came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, yes. and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently mm. the things of the Lord, yes. knowing only the baptism of John. Yes. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they got a hold of him. They took him unto them, and, and expounded unto him That's what the way. Him the way of God more perfectly. perfectly. More perfectly. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to show you that people, I did not rebaptize. That's right. It says you were rebaptized. Amen. And when he what? We don't what it says. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. Now, what's amazing is, this guy was not 100% saved, got converted by Aquila Priscilla, and now he's so powerful that they're comparing with the Apostle Paul. That's him saying, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, mm -hmm. I'm of Jesus, I'm of Peter. That's how powerful he became. Don't limit your future Amen. by not recognizing your need for conversion. Amen. Amen. He recognized his need for a more perfect revelation. Yes. Good as scripture, yes. Godly, yes. Say no. Acts 10, read over. Verse 1. Here's a man, powerful, prayer, give alms, faithful in what he knew, but lack the keys. I want to go to China, right? 
and the, the, the lady told me, make sure you got two exit visas. Because the first one won't get you, will get you in, but won't get you back in. Right. You need two. They will not let you in without visa. Right. Visa is like the keys. Right. Hello. Amen. Key alone won't do it. You need the keys. That means there are steps to get to God. Yeah. Right. You say, I don't believe that. Jacob saw a ladder uh -huh. from earth to heaven. What does that represent? Steps to God. Amen. And Cornelius, what is it, brother? Tell me. Verse 1. Yes, sir. There was a certain man a certain in Caesarea, man, Caesarea called Cornelius. Cornelius. A centurion, a centurion of, of the band called the Italian band. Uh, yes, sir. Go ahead. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house. But he's saved. Which gave much alms to the people. But he's saved. And prayed to God always. <laughs> he saw in a vision, Bye. evidently about the ninth hour of the day, yes. an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid. Was afraid. And said, What is it, Lord? What do you want, angel? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. You're saved. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon. Why? Whose surname is Peter. He's got the keys. We don't? He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner. Don't go to the right address now. Go to the right address. We uh, don't. Whose house is by the seaside. Yes. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Stop right there. Peter has the keys. He's going to tell you what you need to do. That's right. Give up Peter told Acts chapter 11. Verse 13 to 15. Now, folks, this is a Bible-believing church. Amen. We're not based on emotionalism, right. sectarianism, right. ceremonialism. It's Scripture, Scripture, Scripture. Amen. All the way. You know why? Because I don't want to be lost. Amen. Right. Verse 13, chapter 11, book of Acts. Read there, please. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, yes. and call for Simon, call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, yes. who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. So why is he called for Peter then? To tell them how to be saved. Now, folks, hear the picture again. I've got it for you one more time. You're born in the flesh. You can't get to heaven. The way you are. You must be born again. So you must have a new birth. John 3, 3 to 5. So you must be born of the water, which is the Red Sea experience. Now the spirit, the cloud, baptized in the water, then the cloud. Peter called Acts 2, 38. Yes. Hello. You must come through the water, must come through the cloud, and then we call that born again. Right. It leads to a door. Now, all these scriptures here, Ephesians 4 and verse 4 to 5 says, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. The one they practiced. And 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, you're baptized in the one spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. So if you tell me you got the Holy Ghost, and you don't speak with tongues, you just think you got the Holy Ghost. Right. 
you may have the ghost, but not the Holy Ghost. Right. Because anything you said you have must be confirmed in Scripture. Yes. In two or three places. Otherwise, you have no right believing it. Yes. Now, folks, look at me right here. It tells you right here that in John 3, 5, that that's what Peter preached on their Pentecost. They were obedient to the Scripture. And that's the one we are teaching this morning. Now, back to this diagram again. Very complicated? No. Let's look at it. <coughs> in 1 Peter 1, 23, I want you all to do this for me, please. <coughs> A lot of people says, Peter said you're born again of the word. Let me tell you what I mean, born of the word. While Peter spake the word, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Amen. Okay? Number two, Peter told them words whereby they shall be saved. If the word of God is not preached, you cannot be saved. Because your faith comes through hearing the word. That's right. You either profit from it or you don't. Amen. Now, I'm not very sure, but I'm not preaching, I'm teaching you. Amen. Because I want you to be saved. And safe in believe what you believe. Yes. Now we read all these references that we always use, and people don't like when we do it, but it's okay. Mark sixteen sixteen says, "And be baptized to be saved." The world says not so, but God says it is so. Baptism, death, save us. How do I know that? First Peter one twenty three says that. Well, when I believe. As the scripture says, I have an Ephesians 1.13 experience where I am sealed with the Holy Ghost. Either Pastor Neal will be sealed with the seal of Christ or one will be sealed with the Antichrist seal, 666. If I miss the rapture, which is what takes me to the door, up in the door to heaven, and I'm left behind right. to take another seal, either the mark of Christ or the mark of the Antichrist. Some folks say, well, I don't like that church. Well, we're asking you to like the church. We're asking you to like Jesus. Amen. <laughs> yes. It's not about me. Hello. Amen. Sometimes I don't have to like me either. So what's the deal? <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> She can't sue me. I can pick on her. Hello. Look at this, folks. Mark 16, 16 says, water baptism. Yeah. Luke 24, 47 says, give her the name. Which it must be performing. John 3 and verse 3 to 5 is explained in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 2. Acts chapter 2, 38 Acts 10, 44. These are all Bible. You know why I'm doing this? Because Jesus told me in John 5, 36 to 39, search the scripture. That's right. That's what we're doing. I, as a pastor, can come up here and just rattle off to you and say, Amen, 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 and not know one thing I've said. Right. One church of the state, the bishop was trying to prove uh, folks don't listen to what the preachers are saying. He said, Watch this to his deacons. And I said, Look at this. These folks are shouting, have what I said. 
You start talking, preaching, they start saying, hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. They say, oh, break, break. <laughs> it happened all the time on TV stations. <laughs> Just so be careful how you hear. Yes. Amen. These are not wasted time scriptures. John baptism was to give us knowledge of Acts 238. Right. And John said, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. But the pastor will baptize you in water because Jesus is not coming down here to do it. Right. Amen. Amen. Jesus right. hire us preachers to do that. Amen. We can't give the Holy Ghost, right. but we sure can water baptize you. Amen. Amen. But we can't spirit baptize you. Right. The preacher job is to bury you in water Amen. for remission of your sins. And Jesus Christ sealed you as an act of approval yes. that you are accepted into the sheepfold. Yes. In other words, I can baptize you too soon or incorrectly, right. but you never get the Holy Ghost improperly. Right. Let's worship Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, before I close, here's some scripture you want to write down if you care, because if I was a lawyer, Taking your case, that sentence case to the judge, I think you pay a lot more attention than you do now. But I'm dealing with eternal death sentence and not just uh, some chair and some courthouse. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 20 and 21. It says very clearly, we're saved by water baptism. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Paul says in Ephesians 4 and verse 3 through to verse 4, there's only one baptism. Obviously, that's the one that's practiced. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, tells us, by one spirit are we all. Now, he's trying to a church already saved. So sinners have no business to read the epistles. That's right. If you're a sinner, you have no right to read the epistles. It's not written to you. It's written to churches. Yeah. What should the sinner be reading? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's right. And the book of Acts. What should Christian be reading? The epistles. The epistles tell you how to conduct yourself after being saved. How to live for God, a sanctified life. Now, folks, look at this here. We read, Ananias came to Paul before he got converted in Acts 22, 16, and said, Paul, arise and wash away thy sins. He's baptizing him. Somebody baptized Paul. That's right. Apostle Paul. They baptized him. You know how? 
in the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. So why all the arguments? The only baptismal model of the Bible is from John the Baptist, the apostles, Paul, and Philip. I don't believe any modern-day preacher. I don't care if it's a Trevor Neal or, or Billy Graham or the Pope. I don't care what we do. It doesn't matter. The only model we have to follow is John's method, the apostles in Acts, Paul in Acts, and Philip and Ananias. You yeah. don't have any other role model to follow. That's right. Yeah. So all these other preachers, your name don't count. Well, that's how they baptized me. I don't care what they did. They're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. You need to know how to, the foundation made for us. And that's the one to follow. Now, Jesus walked 30 miles to be baptized, and we lived five seconds away from baptism. Thank you, what are we doing? 30 miles to be baptized. 30 miles. That's a long trip. And he was baptized in Jordan. Hello? Now, baptism has many, many reasons why we do it. God told Nicodemus, you must obey water baptism and spirit baptism, or you cannot see church. We can't see it. We can't enter. Now, these young people commit suicide and kill themselves. They, if the gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Chapter 4, it's in Corinthians, verse 3. Read it one more time. Satan blinded their minds and their eyes. They stopped their ears, and they killed Stephen. They did not want to hear what he has to say. I've had people walk out on me through those doors, but they did not change the scripture. I've had people get mad at me and say, I ain't going to that church no more. You still did not change the requirement. Huh? Come on now. Naaman got mad and wouldn't obey the instruction given. He's still a leper. The man of God said, dip seven times. Not six, not four. Well, I don't believe what you said. That's your problem. That's your right. You have the right to believe anything you want to. You don't lie. You have the right to be wrong. Look, my friend. Age is irrelevant when it comes to believing. As long as you're old to know you're a sinner, you got to do something about it. Because the white throne judgment didn't care if you're black, white, pink, yellow, green, what age you were. Small and great. And when the book is open, if you didn't obey, you can't see it and you can't enter. Who said that? Jesus. And we're teaching that. That's why we baptize children, but not babies. Right. right. Amen. Amen. Am I right? Amen. What it says there? But if our gospel be hid, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. They're what? Lost. They're lost. They don't believe this. I feel sorry for them. Look at the scripture, folks. We must be born again of the water and the spirit. 
We see that the scripture was written for our learning and for our admonition. It tells it very plainly in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11. And when you're reading these scriptures, like I, my diagram is showing, it's on the board after service. Come and take it for yourself. Take a picture of it. Take it home. Study. And come and prove me wrong. I like when you prove me wrong if you can. Don't bring me your opinion. Bring the Bible. Don't tell about some church somewhere in the country. I don't care what they think. They're not the authority. The authority is not some bishop or pope or preacher. It's the word of God. Right. Yes. It's the word of God. Yes. That's what the authority is. And the books are open. All six or six books will be judged by that book. Now, it says right here, there are baptized in the Red Sea, being born in the water. They're baptized in the cloud. They're being born in the spirit. That's what it means. These are examples to teach us. And my diagram is accurate. If churches don't show you this, then I think somebody's being robbed somewhere. It's not enough for me to come to this pulpit and scream at you and make all that noise and never tell you why you're doing what you're doing. Will you all stand? Baptism is by fire or by Holy Ghost or by water. By fire means persecution. By Holy Ghost means receiving the Holy Ghost. And by water means you're subject to by immersion. Baptism represents for you and me right now, buried with him, the blotting out of handwritings, the washing away. Amen. G.T. Haywood was a Trinitarian in the early century. And somebody started preaching the oneness of God. And in Indianapolis, they tried to reach him. They were both going after him, both sides. Those were revelation, and those who wanted to keep him the way he was. Right. But those who wanted to keep him the way he was got to him too late. And when he got on the phone and called G.T. Hayward, he should tell you what he, what he, what he said. Okay. He says, I've already been to the water. I've already been converted. I have already been baptized. Give me the key of four flats, please. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's bride? 